Welcome to the Ride of My Life podcast. I'm Caroline Rena, and I'll be sharing with you what it's going to be like to go out on the road for a few months while working through emotions and challenges that go along with it. As I develop my knowledge and awareness, I hope to connect with you while I'm on this journey. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Ride of My Life podcast. I'm Caroline Rena, and today is episode eight. Uh, there's a lot of interesting things going on, and I think I want to start with how, like, the feelings that are continuing to shift. I still feel kind of like in a void right now, in like in the depths of the cocoon stage, waiting to come out. I am working with, um, or not working with, but talking to some uh, friends of mine who are kind of helping me walk through how to set up the car, still working on that piece of it. Um, And I've been going, attempting to go to thrift stores in South Florida to find um, camping uh, gear and different things like that, just basic stuff like a cot. Uh, and there's really nothing down here. So I don't know what that's going to look like. Uh, hopefully I'll have this conversation today um, and maybe get a better understanding of how this is going to work for me in, in the car. Mostly it won't, I won't be in the car for a while, but um, it, it's just a kind of prep work along with the other stuff that I'm still doing um, with my photos and paperwork and all that stuff I've already kind of talked about. So um, I've had like uh, opportunities to spend time and visit with friends that I've known down here, which has been very uh, gratifying and helpful before I leave. And um, at the same time, it for the first time in my life, it's kind of put me in a place of um, not wanting to leave, you know, and I'm not quite sure what that is because usually I'm okay with this kind of stuff. So it, it's really interesting to, to track what's happening. Uh, I've been doing a lot of diving deep over the last couple of days, realizing more and more that the present moment is really all there is. I find that only the mind is about the past and the future, that staying in the body in the present moment and healing the body is what helps me to live in the moment. So basically what's been going on is I've been going to the gym. I, uh, I did post a couple of pictures on my um, social media just to prove I'm actually doing that again. Yay. So, but I'm also noticing uh, I'm feeling better. There's more clarity, but there's other things that I'm, that I'm also discovering in the process to go through trauma is to be pulled from the body. And for many reasons and with many different types of trauma. So I don't think there's a specific type of trauma that does this. I think that just being traumatized is uh, it's almost like a feeling of being pulled or sucked out of the body. So we're not present. That's what the main gist of this is. And for my entire life, I've felt like I wasn't in the present moment. I've, I've been in the past. I've been, you know, ruminating about the past. I've been, you know, going through all this stuff and dealing with the past and worrying about the future and neither one of them are here. And so these are things I'm starting to recognize. 
I'm I also for most people uh, being taught or learning not to feel like don't feel your feelings, don't cry, don't, you know, whatever that is, that also takes us out of the body and out of the present moment. So if we're not in the body, then where are we? And how do we enjoy that our lives if we're not present? Like there's so many people out there, unfortunately, who are like completely oblivious to what's happening with them only because they don't know how to be present. And I'm finding that that presence is is actually like gratifying. It's peaceful. It's loving. You find all of this, all of these beautiful things that we're always looking for just by being present. And that's not something I've been able to do throughout my life. And it's really showing me a part of me that I knew, I guess, at one point before, don't really know now, getting back to knowing her, you know, and I can't even begin to tell you that unless you've experienced trauma, it's what a challenge it is to break free from that, to come into the present moment. That's what it's felt like for me. And um, what I am, what I'm learning and understanding is that the energy of trauma, it gets stuck in the body. It's all about the body. The body isn't, is, is not only our vehicle in this lifetime, but it also holds what I've learned to call our GPS system. The feelings that we have are our GPS system and it guides us in the present moment to live our lives. But if we're not present, we don't, and we don't feel our feelings, then there's nothing to guide us. We're on like, autopilot going, you know, reacting rather than responding to life and being there for ourselves and our lives. And our bodies have an innate knowing it's, you know, it's intuition and that guidance system just helps us to know and be clear about what's happening in our lives and what's happening for us and and to, to um, tell us, to show us the direction to go in. That hasn't been there for me until this is just all showing up for me right now. And it's pretty, pretty crazy stuff, but it's really awesome that it, it, I'm glad I'm seeing this now. I, um, something interesting that happened to me today was that I was at the gym. I was listening to some motivational videos while I was exercising. I was actually on the treadmill that usually helps me to, um, kind of, zone in or zone out, whatever I need to do to just be present. And I experienced an aha moment with those videos. Now, what I'm discovering is that these, these videos are great to help motivate. And in the past, they did not motivate me because when I was in the worst of my challenges, I couldn't even hear what they were saying to me. I didn't understand what they were saying to me my, the space I was in was more of like a, a victim kind of space. And I couldn't understand, oh, go get, you know, you're, you've got what it takes and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't. And I didn't believe it. I didn't believe that about myself. So the motivation is good, but if you're not in a space of hearing it, it doesn't really, well, at least for me, it didn't work for me. It's almost like people talk about affirmations now. They're wonderful. But if you are so full of 
you know, talking down about yourself, you're not even going to believe yourself when you talk, when you give yourself affirmations, at least not at first. I mean, it does happen. It's easier the, the further out you go and the more healing you do, definitely. And I do affirmations now, but it was really hard for me to even believe that, believe any of those affirmations when I, uh, when I first started. And it's interesting that, that not only were they not motivating, they actually, I don't know if I said this already, but they irritated me and I just didn't want to listen to it. I realized for myself that these, um, that from these traumas are, are physical feelings of fear in my body that stopped me from moving forward to the point where my, my mind took over and I started self-sabotaging everything in my life. So I became the, you know, queen of victimhood where I felt sorry for myself and I wouldn't, wouldn't, I, I just couldn't, it, it didn't click. Nothing clicked. I couldn't get things to work. I couldn't, it was just, I felt sorry. And I just, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it now because I don't really remember how I was doing it. I'm sure people who knew me um, over the years who met me could probably explain it better if they chose to, but I, I don't honestly remember how I was doing that because it's so different now. Um, but was I in doing it intentionally or subconsciously, or was there something else going on? And those are things that I kind of like work in my thoughts about to just, and, and feelings about what was going on. And in these workouts, as I'm walking on the treadmill or meditating while taking a break between lifting weights, I'm finding that somehow my body is like in complete appreciation of what I'm doing for it. And it just, I feel, again, it's like I feel at peace while I'm working out. And it, it just feels like, I guess, with the chemical release, the endorphins or something's going on in there where I'm feeling like, wow, this is so cool, you know? And again, my mind's getting clearer and it, it just, it's an incredible feeling. And so I'm going to go a little bit into trauma today. Um, the body holds the trauma that we experience as there's uh, Dr. Bessel van der Kolk talks about in his book, The Body Keeps the Score brain, mind, and body in the healing of trauma. And the body as our vehicle through this life of ours, that's, that's what we're here. It's taking us through this life and we need to take responsibility for it and take care of it. It's the only body we have. And when we don't know how, or we don't take care of it, a lot can go wrong mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and our minds need only be the passenger in this crazy ride we call life. If we allowed our minds to take completely over, like most of us have done, including me, we lose ourselves in time, in the moment, in life. That's just what it feels like to me. And um, the body is where we stand in the present moment. And the mind is what allows us to time travel into the past, into the future. And staying in the present is where life happens. The joy, the peace, and the love exist here, right now, right here. So let's talk about trauma, exactly what's going on. There's 
micro traumas and macro traumas that have occurred to people who have gone through trauma who don't know how to work through it because maybe we're you're more sensitive to traumas than other people. I've had conversations with people who have been through trauma, but they know how to work through it. They're regulated. They understand uh, emotion, you know, emotionally and physically, their bodies don't just like take over like like um, some of us who have gone through, you know, trauma who are sensitive. Uh, the feeling of fear is uh, what starts the stress response that I've talked about before, the fight or flight response. They also talk about um, fleeing and fawn, which goes along with that. And it's actually a physical response initially where, you know, the body goes into physiological state where your heart rate goes up and, you know, you just want to leave the room or you want to scream or you want to yell at somebody or hurt somebody or whatever. That's all the fight or flight response. And like I said, it's a physical response initially, but it also involves the emotional response of fear. And this is what I'm finding from my own experience and working with others. And it's really interesting stuff to me. (laughs) And it's starting to explain a lot for me to see where, where I fell in this, you know, this roller coaster ride of trauma throughout my life. And um, well, trauma, my traumas, why do I know them so intimately? Well, let me start off here where there's actually different types of traumas, but I'm going to start off with micro and macro traumas. Um, what I'm understanding is micro traumas will tend to do as much damage to the system, to the body system, as they're built up on top of each other until the energy is released. Like what you can do with, you know, shaking or working out or, you know, something or shaking. I do like um, physical shaking. I shake my arms and legs or maybe even sometimes or what I used to do as a temper tantrum just to get the energy out and I'd scream and I'd yell. And yeah, so it really, it helps to get it out. And that's the intention of getting that energy out of our system. And um, it can become complex PTSD, which some of you may have heard of, which is an emotional version of PTSD that actually has us flashing back into emotions that remind us of a situation that occurred in our lives, generally as a child. And when the emotion shows up, or when you're having, for example, an argument with somebody and you start to feel that emotion, what I used to do is I would flash back to a point where I would actually dissociate because I couldn't take that person yelling at me or, you know, whatever. And I just blank out right in front of them. And I just stare off like that's what dissociation is. And at least my, my, my uh, experience of it. And um, at a certain point, I started to see myself dissociating. I could watch myself. And then for, I don't even know how long now, maybe like a year almost, no, maybe eight months, I haven't dissociated because I've been working through all of this stuff. So I'm really happy about that because I can stay present. That helps us to stay present too. When we dissociate, we're not present. Um, And it's a safe space for people, a lot of people who have been through trauma and, and it's okay to be there, but there's also a time where we need to kind of work through it and get out of that. And that's what I'm working on doing here for myself is releasing these energies. So now I haven't done this yet and I'll probably do this on a shorter video too, but um, my, my traumas, I'm just going to give you a little breakdown kind of what I've gone through very little (laughs) Um, because it would, that would be a long, 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 long video. But anyway, um, so in my life, there have been many traumas, both micro and macro. And I'm going to start out with a generational trauma 
because it actually comes down through the DNA from our families um, who have been through whatever they went, you know, whatever cultural traumas they went through, whatever um, personal traumas they went through, it still comes down through the generations because when they've been traumatized and victimized and hurt and whatever, and they go into theirs, that's what they're, when they're raising us, it becomes ours. The energy of that becomes ours. And we carry that. And um, my family on both sides were involved in the Holocaust, both in concentration camps and in escaping the Nazis and the SS and going to other countries from where they lived, losing their businesses, their homes, their money. My part in this is as a third generation Holocaust survivor. Um, And it begins. My father second generation, not only experienced his own birth trauma and other traumas throughout his life, he was born in this country, but a portion of his family was actually on my, on my uh, grandmother's side was actually killed in 1942 in a concentration camp. And that's huge trauma. And it's brought down generationally. And it's like, I have an ancestry page. It shows it's so sad. It's like, there's, there's a whole line of people, I don't know, 15, 10, 15, 20. I don't remember exactly how many. The death date was 1942. There's no date. There's nothing. It was obvious. And that is built in. Now, how we deal with that is another, is another thing. And how our sensitivities and, you know, for who we are helps us to deal with those kinds of things. So um, my mother was also second generation and she went through some really horrific experience as a child. She, her, her, my grandparents, my maternal grandparents escaped the Nazis and SS uh, in 1938 when she was four years old. I think she was four, 1938, three, three, three four, three, five, three, six, maybe she's six years old. I'm sorry, <laughs> I can't, I don't know. I'm getting all mixed up with dates here, but that's all right. Um, anyway, so they escaped and they went to Israel and I don't know what happened with her. I just know that her whole life, the way she was with me was stemmed stemmed from that, you know, and I didn't have a good relationship with her. I mean, I wasn't even in her life. She wasn't in my life from the time I was 12 on and it wasn't all her, it was everybody involved in, you know, the divorce and the, and the custody and all the rest of that stuff. And, um, so that landed on me and I watched and I felt, and I took it all in. So, um, although it didn't happen directly to me, their experiences shaped my life since I was born and I see it coming through the DNA. And that's why I mentioned that. So other traumas as a child for me included like birth trauma. I'm not hundred percent sure. I believe it was like a chemical um, induction or something. Uh, traumas as a child, um, neglect, emotional and physical, lack of nurturing. What I found out later was that um, the generation that was affected by the Holocaust and World War II, mostly the people who were raising me were the same generations that would absolutely take care of me with basic needs, but nurturing wasn't something they were, that was available to them to give to me. And I needed that because I'm sensitive to nurturing. I love that. And, um, I know they loved me. I just didn't, they just didn't know how to show it. And 
I feel like that was a pretty normal occurrence from that time frame. And like I said, I was also raised by my grandparents and my father. So it was a little bit different than most of the kids I, you know, that around me that I was friends with. Uh, also there, um, my, my parents' divorce, as I just talked about, started when I was four, culminated when I was 12. And at, at that point, I didn't see my mother again until I was in my mid to late 40s. And even after that, you know, I mean, I've, I've talked about the um, reconnection with her when uh, a couple of years before she died, which was huge for me, with, uh, I mean, forgiving myself, forgiving her, that was a big deal. And um, now the biggest later, you know, later in life, traumas that I experienced were being alienated from my children. Um, that tore me up. I don't, that's not something I get into because it, um, I'm, that's, I'm working through that and I don't, I, it doesn't need to happen or be talked about in detail. Um, and also I experienced sexual harassment by a colleague while I was serving in the military, uh, a civilian colleague. And um, during that time frame, I was also involved in sending soldiers to war, knowing full well what could happen. And in some cases, it did. I was in uh, the medical field, so we did the paperwork. I was actually administrative, and we did the paperwork to send them off. So I knew what was going on and knowing what was happening with them. And, you know, aside from that, I experienced two divorces and many losses and deaths. So there's a lot of trauma there. And of course, there's also been world events that have been going along with that too, since 1964, when I was born, you know, so it's a lot. And now with the things, the things going on now, we're all experiencing trauma. So obviously I'm not the only one. Um, being torn apart from the inside out, the heartache and the heartbreak of loss, all of it has turned out actually to be my redemption. The beauty of this as the pain and experiences have come to actually be a salvation for me. I found a way to heal from all of this and learn to stay in the moment, to love myself and enjoy my life. And it hasn't been an easy road whether it's from the actual traumas or the healing work that I've done. But I find that the healing work has been absolutely well worth it because I am a different person. I can see that. And my, I would obviously be standing here talking, sitting here talking to you about this if I wasn't. So digging deep into the search for my truth and bringing my soul back into my life has been absolutely the most incredible thing. And that's why I'm here to share that it's possible, that if I can do it, it can be done. Just keep breathing. And last thing I want to say is I am alive. I am here. I am with you. I am. And I'm very grateful for all of you uh, listening and for the opportunity to even share this, what I'm sharing, whatever happens with it. I'm fine with it, you know? Um, so if you have any need to reach out to me, I, I have links on Facebook and Instagram, different ways of reaching out. And I would love to hear from you and, um, let me know if there's anything I can do be of service with. That's it. All right. I hope you have a wonderful day. Bye.